T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Burgundy and Gold Today. Dalton gets set. Chase Young got him. On the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Lanelle Willingham here with you on Burgundy in Gold today. The latest on the Washington Commanders. We've got you covered all football season long. 17 straight weeks of coverage. Coming to your middays 12 to 3. Here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. We're going to go behind enemy lines here. Our first taste of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Joining me right now on the Team 980 guest line is Jags beat reporter for Jacksonville.com, Demetrius Harvey. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Demetrius82. What's going on, my brother? How are you? Are you ready for week one? I'm so ready for week one. You know, all the grinding that is training camp and all of that is finally behind us. So, you know, we got about seven. Uh oh. The phone monster must have caught Demetrius. We go put him on a quick hold, real quick. We're bringing on Demetrius to give us the latest on the Jacksonville Jaguars, as Sal Pal uh, referenced them as the boogeyman for Carson Wentz. Obviously, the team that ended his season a year ago last year in, Philadelphia, in Indianapolis. And they're also led by the man who was his last coach in Philadelphia, Doug Peterson. We got Demetrius back on the line. The phone monsters got you, my man. My bad. They did, they did, but uh, I was just saying, I'm probably going to straight weeks of football on the court. Definitely, definitely. Look, I'm glad we finally made it to week one. I'm glad we got you on the line here. Demetrius, let's get right into it. Obviously, the Jags dealt with a whirlwind season a year ago uh, under the leadership, or lack thereof, uh, of, of Urban Meyer. Fast forward, the team brings in former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson, What's been the biggest difference in the two coaching styles and how have the players responded to Dougie P? Yeah, it's mostly about, you know, Urban Meyer kind of came in with uh, college football credentials, but he didn't come in with NFL credentials. I think that that's sort of where it kind of all fell apart for him. He kind of was in over his head. And I feel like moving forward to Doug Peterson, the Jaguars were able to get a guy who's already won a Super Bowl. You know, he's led a team to the playoffs on four straight occasions and you know he's just a guy who uh, the team can sort of rally behind I think that we've seen already uh, the the maturity level of the team itself and just the um, overall business-like atmosphere I, I feel like a lot of the players are, are fully bought in I know they feel like they're going to have a, a pretty good season with Doug Peterson at the helm so I think that it's just been a smooth and great transition for them not to focus too much on a season ago Demetrius 
when did things go awry for Urban Meyer there in Jacksonville? And, and being a member of that beat who's around the team on a day-to-day basis, when were you able to feel like, hey, this is uh, not normal in how people handle uh, NFL franchises? Yeah, I think that um, it really all started out uh, for that Cincinnati game. You know, after that Thursday nighter, he kind of stayed behind in Ohio. Um, all of that stuff transpired, which, you know, I feel like that was sort of the beginning of the end. At that point, a lot of people felt like, you know, hey, this could be it for him already. You know, he broke the trust of, of, of owner Shad Khan. Uh, that was clear in his statement, and that if he had one more breach of that, he was going to be fired. And then, you know, it came out with all the Josh Lambeau stuff and, and, and the kicking, the, the alleged kicking, and um, all of that kind of nonsense. And I think that it sort of just spiraled downhill from there. I mean, it was just a week in and week out thing where we would ask urban questions about the team and, uh, sometimes he would give half, uh, half answers. Sometimes it seemed, it seemed like he didn't really know who we were talking about, um, which which we found funny near the end of that. But, uh, yeah, it was a lot uh, going on last season. I think that everybody's happy that it's finally over. Demetrius, I'm glad you were able to make it out on the other side unscathed because I know <laughs> like covering that team probably was exhausting. Oh. And then you couple that with the fact that the product on the field wasn't that great. I'm glad you made it out unscathed. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it was tough. And uh, it's funny. We, we, we talk about it, you know, that this team needed a, a lot of healing after Urban. But, you know, the, the media and the beat needed a lot of healing, too. So we finally got it out of there. Definitely. Let's flip to the defensive side of the ball here. Obviously, a season ago for you guys, getting after the quarterback on a consistent basis uh, was a struggle, uh, to say the least. Mm-hmm. The team ranked 26th in the NFL in sacks. Fast forward to this past April, you guys select Georgia defensive end Trayvon Walker first overall in the draft. How has he looked this summer, and what type of impact do you expect to have from him this year? Yeah, he, he's looked great. I mean, he, he came in, you know, uh, 6'5", 270 pounds. You know, he looks the part for sure. Um, he's shown a lot of his strength throughout the first three preseason games. You know, he was able to get a, a couple of sacks, I believe, and then he was able to just show, you know, more so, at least his his rookie season, uh, you know what you have from him in terms of his um, run defense. But it's going to be the, the the actual pass rushing that you know he's going to take a little bit more time than 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 most probably to catch up there. He wasn't used to doing multiple moves at Georgia, and you can kind of see that he's a bit raw. But um, Trevon Walker, so far in my opinion, seems like a, a pretty good pick and, and a guy that's going to be a uh, potential cornerstone player for them moving forward. We're scouting the opponent here on Burgundy and Gold today. Joining us right now on the Team 980 guest line is Demetrius Harvey, who covers the Jacksonville Jaguars for Jacksonville.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Demetrius82. Let's flip back over to the offensive side of the football, D. After an up-and-down rookie campaign, all eyes are on second-year quarterback Trevor Lawrence. How has he responded to having to learn a new offense, having a different voice in his ear, what stood out about him the most this offseason, and what can we expect from him in his sophomore season at the helm? Yeah, I think that for sure, you know, he's looked like the guy that you would expect going into his second year. There's some mistakes here and there, but you can see a complete 180 difference between how he performed in training camp last year, more, more mental mistakes, more errant throws, to now how he performed in, in this year's training camp, which just focused on, you know, high velocity plays. He he had a, a a bunch of touchdowns in practice, at least 
that were just uh, very accurate. And I think that that's the biggest thing is his ball placement seems to be a, a, a lot better, and, and he just seems to be a quarterback that's on the rise. Now, how far will he get? You know, that's going to depend a lot on the, the skill players, all the weapons that they have around him this year. Um, but from, from all we've seen, you know, he's a guy who has shown leadership. He's, um, you know, he hasn't quite mastered the offense or, or so he says yet, but he's a guy who seems to know it inside and out already with Doug Peterson at the helm. And I think that uh, that's the biggest thing for Trevor this year. They really surrounded him as who uh, know the quarterback position. Obviously Doug Peterson does um, press Taylor, uh, you know, Mike McCoy, a former head coach in the NFL, just guys like that who uh, will be able to guide him to, to move forward. But I think this year it's going to be pretty good for, for Trevor. It's going to be a, uh, eye opener for maybe the rest of the league where, you know, he's a guy who's ascending and um, hopes to become one of the top, you know, 12 quarterbacks in the league this year. Yeah, I know definitely coming out of high school and coming out of Clemson, people thought the sky was the limit for Trevor Lawrence. I know mm-hmm. coming out of college, you know, one of the most highly regarded prospects in recent memory. It's all about can he put it together now? And I know you guys down there in Jacksonville have full confidence uh, now that he's got a real NFL head coach attached to him. Let's flip back to the defensive side of the ball. Defensively, the team brought in former Bucks inside linebackers coach Mike Caldwell to take over this defense. How different do things look schematically under his toolage? And then for the defense as a whole, what's the expectation for that group as we sit five days out from the opener? Yeah, I mean, it's a stark difference. Last they were more, more uh, multiple. They were four or three times. Uh, and his um, sort of protégés or his his um, former boss's scheme, you know, Todd Bowles from from the Buccaneers. He sort of has a, a very linebacker focused uh, defense with guys. We'll put Demetrius on hold here for a second, try to get his uh, phone connection back up and at him. We're talking to Demetrius Harvey, who covers the Jacksonville Jaguars for Jacksonville.com. And it was interesting, funny answer he gave. You know, and I was kind of being sarcastic when I said it, but last year that Jacksonville team needed to do some healing, as Demetrius said. But those covering that team probably had to do some healing as well. Uh, seeing the the controversy that we've had here in Washington, I guess we can kind of relate to what it's like to cover a dysfunctional franchise. And obviously last year with Urban Meyer being there for at least half the season, it was tumultuous to say the least. And uh, moving forward, Jacksonville's got some young pieces on both sides of the football that should help them be successful. Demetrius, you got me back, buddy? Sorry about that. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, I'm in a pretty good area. Oh, no, you're all good, man. You're all good. Look, I'd be doing our listeners here in D.C. a disservice, right, by letting you out of here without talking about our old pal, Brandon Sheriff. Obviously, he was yeah. tremendous for us here in Washington when he was healthy. Obviously, that's a key caveat. How has his transition been to Jacksonville? And how do you see him fitting in along that offensive line? Yeah, it's been smooth. You know, uh, Brandon sort of come in and immediately instilled himself as, as a leader. He was voted as the team captain. Wow. Or one of the team team captains uh, Yeah, this year. So um, already you, you can see the transition is going pretty smooth where he sort of inserted into that right guard position right next to a, a, a rookie center. Uh, which is also a big reason why they brought him in. They knew that they were going to have a young offensive line moving forward. And I think that that's something that you can see he already brings a ton to the table for. So 
I think it's been going smooth for him. I think that that's sort of a catalyst of this offense. You, you're going to need big-time play out of him, and I think he's going to bring it. Demetrius, obviously the running back situation for you all is very interesting, to say the least. It was announced a few days ago that our undrafted guy, James Robinson, would be active for Sunday mm-hmm. after missing a significant amount of time last year with the Achilles tear. Then you get another dynamic weapon back in Travis Etienne. All in all, how do you feel that backfield shapes up You know, five days from now from a snap count standpoint? And then do you expect the team to lean heavily uh, on the running attack despite the new pass-catching weapons? Yeah, absolutely. I think the the biggest thing with James will be to see how many snaps he gets on Sunday. Uh, Doug Peterson already said that he should be playing. I think that he's going to be playing. That's sort of been the goal. Um, I don't necessarily think that right away you're going to see James Robinson get the bulk of the carries, but moving forward, I think that that split between him and and, and Travis Etienne is going to be more 50-50 than not. Um, I think that it's it's a situation where they want to have both backs on the field at the same time at times. And I think that moving forward, you know, you're going to see a very high reliance on the backs either as pass catchers or as just runners in general. And I think that that's sort of what Doug Peterson likes to do. See, man, that's why we had you on. We're trying to scout the opponent. Look, now I'll go run down to Ashburn (laughs) and give Jack Del Rio and company the latest from what Demetrius Harvey had to say. But look, I'll let you out on this. Are the folks Mm -hmm. in that Jaguars locker room and organization cognizant of the fact that they were pretty much the final nail in Carson Wentz's proverbial Colts coffin? And after seeing him twice last year, what do Mm -hmm. you make of Indy being so quick to move on from him? Yeah, I, I think that it was a situation where the Jaguars pretty much put the nail in, in that coffin where, you know, they, they sacked him multiple times. They made his life uh, just miserable during that final week of the season. I think that that's exactly what the Colts saw, and they know that they need to move on from him. Uh, as far as the Jaguars are concerned, in the locker room, you know, there's a lot of new faces, but guys that were on the team last year, like Dewan Smoot, a Josh Allen, you know, they're, they're very cognizant on the on what they were able to accomplish against one. So I think that that's sort of what gives them that confidence this week going into Washington. All righty, my man. Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern time from FedEx Field. It's about 119 hours away to the dot from right now. Demetrius, look forward to catching up with you then, and hopefully you guys leave town with an L. <laughs> Looking forward to it. I appreciate it. Appreciate Demetrius Harvey joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Demetrius82. Big thanks to him for getting us up to speed with the latest on the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've got to take a quick time out. When we come back, our friends Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, host of the Move the Sticks podcast on the NFL Network, have some pretty lofty expectations for a member of this Washington Commanders offense. I'll tell you who next right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. This is the Burgundy and Gold Today. McLaurin in stride for the first down. On the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. My God, Elijah, Luke, and Corinne. Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Linnell Willingham taking you up to 3 o'clock before the return of the Hoffman. The newlywed back in his Three to six afternoon drive slot, getting you ready. It'll take you on your drive home as we are 119 hours away from the commander season opener. Bullets flying for real this Sunday from FedEx Field. One o'clock kickoff. They'll roll out the welcome mat for Trevor Lawrence in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And... 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. There's a certain member of the Washington Commanders offense who definitely needs to put his best foot forward heading into week one against Jacksonville. And I'm not talking about Carson Wentz. Our friends over on the NFL Network, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, have some pretty lofty expectations for a certain member of the Commanders offense. All right, Buck, we talked about this players having the best hands in last year's draft class. Um, some unbelievable catches for him at Penn State. Now, Jahan Dotson, he goes to the Washington Commanders. He's there with Carson Wentz. And this is one, when I'm thinking about best case, this this is going to be a big year for him. And, and maybe I'm just too optimistic, but I think with him and Terry McLaurin, they've got two guys that can do everything. They can stretch you, they can push you, but then they also have the route running chops to be able to, to cut you up underneath. Um, so to me, I think that, that you have a big year from Jahan Dotson, not only some of that vertical stuff, but showing he's a complete route runner. A lot of attention and coverage goes to Terry McLaurin. Uh, he's got an opportunity to make some things happen. Worst case scenario, again, I, I would say really just kind of injury. I, I think if he's healthy and on the field, um, I think this guy has a big year. Uh, I think he's a complete receiver. Uh, I think he's going to – he already has earned the trust of his quarterback, and that continues on into the regular season. The commanders, I don't know how good they're going to be. They might be chasing some points mm-hmm. against teams, which could lend itself to some production. So he's the receiver I have with 1,000 yards. I got him 75 catches, 1,000 yards, and five touchdowns. I think the, the commanders have 2,000-yard receivers this year with him and McLaurin. Wow, 2,000-yard receivers. Oh, You're not even talking oh, about Deami Brown. Deami Brown, no, the big well, threat your, on the other yeah, side. Yeah, but I, mean, I think the targets I, I are going it, to these two dudes. I, get it. I mean, so what I like about the commanders' offense, those two guys that you pointed out, uh, Terry McLaurin is a legitimate number one receiver who can do everything that you want to see. John Dotson is outstanding as a route runner, but he also has terrific big play skills when it comes to catch and run, the things that it can do after the catch. And so there are going to be opportunities out there. The only question that I have is how good is Carson Wentz going to be in this offense? Can Scott Turner get uh, Carson Wentz to settle into this offense where he can take advantage of all the weapons that are at his disposal? If Carson Wentz plays well, I think you're more likely to see your guy behind Dawson hit that number. But if they have struggles at the quarterback position, it's going to be tough for my man to make big plays. That is Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah of the Move the Sticks podcast talking about Commander's rookie wideout Jahan Dotson and what they think is going to be a potentially monstrous rookie season here in our nation's capital. And you all know if you've been tapping in with me, I have been singing the praises of Jahan Dotson all offseason long. We've heard reports from multiple guys on the beat say that as soon as he got here in Washington, he got off the PJ off of Dan Snyder's private jet with the football in his hand, and he's been getting to work. Um, You talk to wide receivers coach Drew Terrell singing his praises, and Drew Terrell, 
young coach at the position, but when you have the opportunity to deal with a guy like Terry McLaurin on a day-to-day basis, and then you get a guy like Jahan Dotson coming in, it's easy to draw comparisons. And, and here in our nation's capital, that's really what we've done. A lot of comparisons being made between Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin, not just about their play on the football field, but the type of guy that they are, the mental makeup of these young men. And when you look at Jahan Dotson, the expectations coming into this year for me are sky high. They really are. Based off of everything we've heard, and then in combination with the other weapons Washington has to deploy offensively, it is going to be extremely difficult for opposing defenses to key in on Jahan Dotson. And based off of what type of personnel that they're in, a lot of the times Jahan Dotson is going to be going against the team's third and fourth corner. And that's a matchup I like him winning every day of the week and twice on Sundays. This kid is a baller. They talked about his athletic profile coming out of Penn State. This is somebody who stands at only five foot eleven, but plays a lot bigger than that. So many contested catches a year ago at Penn State. In his senior year, he really put everything together as a player. Second year as, as the fully, you know, integrated number one wide receiver there at Penn State. 91 catches, 1,100 yards, 13 yards per reception. You couple that with 12 touchdowns, and this is a young man who flat out balled the season ago in his senior season at Penn State. And the thing that I love about Jahan Dotson, quiet assassin. You never hear him too much. I was out at training camp, boots on the ground, you all know. He was never the most loud and most boisterous guy on the practice field, but you knew when number one was on the field. You knew when Jahan Dotson made plays because of the reactions of everybody else. And I think that is the tall tale sign of a premier athlete. I think that is the tall tale sign of somebody who is going to be a factor in the National Football League. I love, 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 love. Jahan Dotson don't got to be the rah-rah guy. Jahan Dotson doesn't have to do the whole call God thing when he scores touchdowns. He lets his play speak for him, and then his teammates speak for him. You talk to guys within that organization and within that building, they cannot speak more highly of Jahan Dotson. And unfortunately for Jahan, based off of this stellar offseason he's put together, the expectations are sky high. He has got to fill the bill. He has got to live up to those expectations. And, And I'll say this, I don't think he'll have any trouble doing so. This is a young man who has been in the spotlight before because there's no bigger spotlight, there's no bigger crowd, there's no bigger environment than playing out at Happy Valley. Being that he comes from Penn State, where he is used to playing in big-time football games, I don't think the moment will ever be too big for this young man. And look, I know we do my, my gambling segment normally, if I was a better. And I gave you my five locks yesterday. I'll give you some more locks throughout the week. Book it right now. Whatever you're doing, stop it. If you're in the car, pull the hell over. Drive to the shoulder. Take your phone. Download whatever sports gambling app you can get wherever you are in your location. And lock in. Put a little futures bet in for Jahan Dotson as the rookie of the year in the National Football League. Book it. You can lock it in. You can write it in Sharpie. I guarantee you he is going to catch the league by storm. Y'all remember week one against Philadelphia a couple years ago? back when Case Keenum was our starting quarterback. And all of a sudden, there's this Ferrari gliding down the middle of the field at Lincoln Financial that goes by the name of Terry McLaurin. And we were like, oh, that's why they didn't play this guy all offseason. That's why they didn't play this guy in the preseason. 
with Jahan Dotson, expect more of the same. And for Carson Wentz, like, I know this is supposed to be about Jahan Dotson. I know this is a Jahan Dotson-based segment. But, man, if you are Carson Wentz, what excuses do you have? What baked-in excuses are there? All you got to do is go out there and perform. And it's not like you don't have the weapons to do so. If Washington can stay healthy on the offensive side of the football, they have the opportunity to be a top 10 offense in the National Football League. And I don't think there's really a question about it. I know that group is hell-bent on proving people wrong. And I know they just want to go out there and ball. And I said it earlier. Nothing brings a team closer together than adversity. You look at all the adversity that Washington is facing from Carson Wentz to Antonio Gibson to Jamin Davis to Montez Sweat to Jack Del Rio. Those guys need to band together. And I think in five days, 119 hours, Jacksonville Jaguars, the perfect litmus test for a group that is trying to get over the hump, for a group that is trying to show the outside world that, yes, we may have been known as the Washington Contradictions. We may have been known as a group who had the sixth fewest wins in the National Football League since 2005. But in 2022, with Carson Wentz at the helm, things are going to be different. And if they are going to be different, I think Jahan Dotson is going to play a very pivotal role in the success of this Washington Commanders offense. Got to take a quick time out. When we come back, there is uh, a high-ranking official, former high-ranking official within the Commanders organization that has to speak in front of Congress today. I'll give you the details when we return. This is the Team 980. This is the Burgundy and Gold Today. Redskins are the world champions. On the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Yo, Rockin', what's up? Yo, I'm doing the knowledge, E, man. I'm trying to get paid in full. Well, check this out. Since Norby Walters is our agency, right? True. Carol Lewis is our agent. Word up. Zakia and Fourth and Broadway is our record Team company. 980 okay, in so the Odyssey at 12 to 3 here weekdays. Linnell Willingham going to be with you. You'll also hear for some other prominent voices in the D.C. market. Scott Jackson. Set to be a part of the show. Rick Doc Walker set to be a part of the show. You'll get the DOC solo tomorrow, 12 to 3. And then Thursday and Friday, taking you up to game day against Jacksonville. It'll be myself and Doc Walker. And you know, you know it's going to get unchy. Right now, though, we're talking about a former high-ranking official within the Washington Commanders organization that is having to testify or be deposed is the right word in front of Congress today. That is former Commander's General Manager Bruce Allen. Now, we have all been following this terrible, and I want to call it terrible because that's exactly what it is. He's a terrible person. You can sue me for defamation. Do whatever you want. The terrible situation that has been going on involving former Washington team President Bruce Allen. He was scheduled to be deposed today at 1130 as the House Oversight Committee continues their investigation into Washington's toxic workplace culture under owner Dan Snyder, and here is a statement from a spokesperson with the House Oversight Committee, and I quote, the committee is continuing to investigate the decades-long workplace misconduct at the Washington Commanders and the NFL's failure to address it. Mr. Allen served in senior roles under team owner Dan Snyder for many years, so his testimony is important for the committee to fully understand these serious issues and advance reforms to protect workers in the future. Basically, 
put it in hood terms for you. Basically, what they're saying is, look, we need to talk to brother because there was some stuff that went on. We obviously know the graphic nature uh, of some of the events that took place in Washington's team facility under the leadership of Daniel Snyder. And what the committee is saying is Bruce Allen is Dan's right-hand man. We can't know anything. We would be doing everyone a disservice if we thought we were giving you a full and thorough report about what happened in Washington under Snyder if we didn't give it to you from the perspective of Dan's right-hand man, Bruce Allen. Now, this has the potential to become a highly volatile situation, and I'll tell you why. Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder were buddies at one point. And when I say buddies, I mean super buddies. I mean murder about each other, meaning, man, it doesn't matter what somebody had to say about Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen was going to be there to defend him. It didn't matter what someone said about Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder was going to be there to defend him. As we sit here right now, though, Bruce has been fired. Bruce tried to have a lawsuit against Daniel Snyder. And now things have gotten messy between the two. And we all know Bruce Allen and the emails that surfaced when John Gruden was ousted as the coach of the Raiders. So I'm assuming the committee wants to talk about that. And they also want to know what Dan Snyder was up to. Now, interestingly enough, the House Oversight Committee had to jump through hoops and rings of fire to try to get Daniel Snyder to talk under oath. Now look, Bruce Allen, available immediately, not on a yacht, in the country, and willing to spill the beans. Let me tell you this. If anybody listening here today thinks that Bruce Allen wasn't in front of the House Oversight Committee tipping, then you are crazy. It is in his best interest to fully divulge the truth of what happened in Washington. For one, because Bruce Allen is dealing with his own situation with the National Football League regarding those emails that were sent. And two, everybody knows, like, and and I'll be honest, I was not of this opinion until about 9 o'clock this morning. Carolyn Maloney failed, was not reelected. So I thought that meant that this situation was going to be swept completely under the rug because the politicians from the jump never really cared about what was going on in Washington with its workplace, with its toxic workplace culture. A lot of people looked at it as a ploy to get reelected. Now that she is officially not going to be reelected and they are still moving forward with this investigation, where there's smoke, there is fire. And right now, I smell the smoke. 110%. I sure enough smell it. I feel like a canine in here smelling the smoke. Because look, this has been something, talking about the commander's toxic workplace culture, this has been something that has existed for over a decade. Bruce Allen, according to folks at the House Oversight Committee, had his fingerprints all over the situation that happened. Bruce Allen was in a high, was in a high place, was a high-ranking official while this was going on. So most certainly, you assume Bruce Allen is going to be able to spill the beans, so to speak, to the House Oversight Committee. Now, this can either go one of two ways. 
either Bruce Allen is going to try to save face and make everyone else look better in the situation, including himself, and not divulge too much information to the House Oversight Committee, or, or this thing is going to get ugly. And like I said, this has the potential to become a highly volatile situation. That situation becomes highly volatile if Bruce Allen says, man, forget all that. I'm trying to save face. I want to get back in the National Football League. My father left a legacy here in Washington. That's all I want to be known for. I don't want to be connected and tied to the terrible things that happened in Washington while I was there. So the best way to separate yourself from that is play the 50, as I like to call it. Play the 50. Play the other side of the role. Go against Daniel Snyder. Push back at some of the things that are being said about you. Confirm all the negative things that we're hearing from the House Oversight Committee about the workplace culture there. You all know some of the stories. They released the transcript. The one story that cracked me up, Ant-Man, I don't know if you heard this one. Did you hear about the Lerner family? You know the Lerners that, that own the Washington Nationals. They have a suite at FedEx Field. And according to one person's testimony, it was their job. This was an intern at the time. It was their job on the Saturday night before the game to go into the Lerner's suite and pour sour milk all over the carpet and floor of their suite. And you're looking at me like you've never heard this before. This is real. Shout out my man Michael Phillips over at the Richmond Times-Dispatch for confirming said story. But that was a part of the testimony that was transcribed. So that's the type of stuff Dan Snyder was doing. And I call it small complex syndrome. Sometimes you're just too small in life from a physical standpoint <coughs> to be happy. Why would you be happy? Sometimes, look, they, they say money cures everything. <laughs> money don't cure certain things unless you got a very good plastic surgeon. But I'll say this. Man, Daniel Snyder for years, for years has been the head of this snake. And Bruce Allen was his right-hand man. So we're still waiting to see if anything will be made public from his deposition today. But I have to assume, I have to assume that if Bruce Allen knows what's good for him, he's going to get to ha, 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 singing like a canary. He has to, to save face for him, to save face for his family's name, and potentially to become a good guy in the eyes of people here in town. 110%. So, look. Basically, I want to ask you guys this. Team 980 listener lines wide open, 301-230-0980. Based on what you know about this situation, do you expect Bruce Allen to protect Daniel Snyder or do you expect old Bruce Allen to betray Daniel Snyder? I want to hear from you guys. Team 980 listener lines wide open, 301-230-0980. Look, I've kind of danced on the fence with this one. I'm hooking and reeling as we speak. I feel like, man, if I'm Bruce Allen, man, whatever you want to know, I got you. Whatever you want to know, it is free info to you. Do you understand that these two don't like each other right now? They are beefing hard, as I like to say, right? So if you don't like somebody and you have the potential to dig up dirt on them, why would you not take that opportunity if you're Bruce Allen? Why would you not? And, of course, as we sit here five days out from the season opener, if you're Bruce, 
you have the ability to completely control the narrative here in town. Because if it comes to fruition that he is singing like a canary, that he already sang like a canary because it happened at 1130, I assume the deposition is over, but you can't assume that because we thought Dan Snyder's thing would be over quickly. He was deposed for over 10-plus hours. So assuming that it's over and assuming we find out some of the content that was divulged in that deposition, Bruce has the opportunity to control the narrative here in town. And we know how much of a control freak Bruce Allen was. He's got the ability to change the narrative and conversation here in town. Right now, we're trying to keep things on the football field. Right now, everything is supposed to be about the football team. No pun intended. The commanders now, or the contradictions, whatever you want to call them. Got a new quarterback here in town, Carson Wentz. That's supposed to be the number one headline heading into week one. How is he going to perform? How is this defense going to perform? Not if Bruce Allen gets to sipping. Not if Bruce Allen lays it all out on the line. There is an opportunity for Bruce Allen to really get the people going here in town. And I feel like this. Look, if I'm Bruce, the hell with Dan Snyder. What is Dan Snyder doing for me positively right now? What is Dan Snyder doing to benefit my situation? Where was Dan Snyder when those emails came out? He didn't come to my defense. So why would I come to his? And I think that's really all it boils down to here when we're talking about this Bruce Allen situation. I'm as excited as you all are to hear the results. I'm excited as you all are to get the the, the transcript of what happened during the deposition. Because if it goes anything like how I expect it to, the news right now as we sit here at 244 on September the 6th, 2022, the news right now here locally is about the Commander's Week 1 game. But I guarantee you as soon as that transcript comes out, all the focus is going to shift back to Daniel Snyder and what the hell has been going on in Washington's workplace. we got to take a quick timeout when we come back. One final segment, the Hoffman. Craig Hoffman, host of the Hoffman Show, weekdays 3 to 6 here on the Team 980. He is Bizak. Fresh off of his marriage in Scotland, the boy got some tone to him, got a little bit of color on him, look good. I didn't see the big fat ring that we all saw on Instagram, but I'm hoping we can pepper him with some more questions and ask him just how Scotland went, and then we'll get to the football. What's Craig's expectations for the Washington Commanders heading into week one? Don't go anywhere. This is Burgundy and Gold today here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. This is the Burgundy and Gold today. On the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Is this that album that I still haven't listened to? (laughs) Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Linnell Willingham here with you for one final segment before I dish the rock to the newlywed. Mr. Craig Hoffman and lucky enough for us, he's in studio with us right now. It's almost like I'm looking at a ghost right now. Craig Hoffman, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on, buddy? I I have returned. He has returned. So, look, I said that we would pepper you with questions once you got back in here. And my first question is, and all the listeners out there are wanting to know about this. Ant-Man, you probably know where I'm going. Where are we going? What were you doing eating pork and beans before 11 o'clock in the morning? What 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 was what was up with that? Is that pork give me and help. beans? It looked like you were eating pork and beans. I mean, there's beans as part of a as like a full English breakfast. So I don't know if like what you saw was, I don't know. I'm trying to think which I'm like. There's pork, like there's sausage, like which is a breakfast meat. Um, the first like, the first photo that you posted of food there in Scotland. 
It was, uh, the, the, it was in a nice little. I even screenshot it because I said, "Oh, oh he, you got a screenshot." I can. Sh- I will tell you which meal. Yeah, it was. let me find it. It was probably our hotel breakfast, full Scottish breakfast in uh, in in our hotel in Glasgow, which was honestly one of my favorite breakfasts that we had outside of Dishoom in London, which is out of this world. Uh, but yeah, no, the uh, a, a full English breakfast uh, includes. Uh, I don't. It's not like a baked bean, like a southern like like barbecue baked bean. Um, it's like more of a tomatoey base, and it's really good for it, breakfast. Yeah, they do some they do some different stuff over there. I I know that you are in great shape. Anybody who looks at you knows that. I hope your insides were able to have as good of a time over there as you did, because I can only imagine what would happen if I ate pork and beans at ten o'clock in the morning. Good so here's, gracious! Here's the thing. One, that was weird. And I'm just going to say that for the audience. I'm going to acknowledge that for the universe. Two, um, actually, European food is a much higher quality than American food. There's a lot of laws and restrictions around preservatives and things like that over there that I wish we had here. And uh, honestly, I felt as good over there as I have felt in a long time. And then the second I got back and started eating our crap food again, and like I eat pretty well, like by American diet standards, if you will, like I eat, <laughs> yeah, I eat the right on, amount of vegetables. And all like that a, he's stuff. built like an Amazon. Don't try to down talk Let's not go come that on. far. I'm not in that good of shape. I'm trying, but I ain't that good of shape. <laughs> Humble Hoffman. Um, but like, just you can tell, like it's a much cleaner, like I had a friend who went to Italy a couple years ago and she's like, I ate nothing but pasta the entire trip and I lost weight because like the food is just so much, it's such a higher quality over there. Like right. it's actually a huge, you, you've unknowingly touched on an actual problem in American society, Uh-oh. our food quality. Here. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, 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 the food over there was honestly outrageous. It was so good. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Cause you made it back just in time for week one. I did. And I know you popped in during one of the segments to, Tease me about Carson Wentz, and obviously we have had differing opinions on what we think is going to happen with the new signal caller here in Washington. So I'm going to stop you right there. Go ahead. Because I actually don't think we do. Okay. What I think is different, and like my my nit to pick with what I heard you say, is the context in which we put that in. Mm-hmm. Of like, if Carson Wentz goes out and has a 3,500-yard, 26-touchdown, 12-interception season leads them to nine wins. Like that's within the range of what you would predict, right? Somewhere along those lines. I go maybe a little, a little bit, maybe a little, little better. Bit higher on the yards. I probably. could see that. I could see that. Um I happen to know based off of the podcast we did yesterday, like his over under is like right at like thirty six per bet MGM. Ooh, um so like that's it's high. like thirty five, thirty six hundred yards. Like it's, And that that it's, hasn't happened here and since Cousins. Since Kirk. And like he has he's only hit that um, a couple of times in his career because he hasn't been healthy. And, like, that's part of the equation as well when you're talking about, like, the betting odds and stuff like that. It's like, well, yeah, if he's healthy, he's going to smash that number. But, like, do you rely on him to play 17 games or even 15 games? I don't know. Um, it's just – it's hard. It, their injuries are unpredictable. Um, but what I would say is that, like, I think we as a collective media are really bad at handling people who are either not – like if you fall into great we know what to do with you if you're terrible we know what to do with you yeah and like if you're somewhere in the middle we struggle with that because middle doesn't mean averaging 265 yards a game and two touchdowns in one pick and doing that consistently and this was like the Wentz thing in Indy was they couldn't rely on him because he's way up and down 
And like I, part of what I did on the trip um, to kill time on the plane was I went back and watched the Philly season of All or Nothing, um, the Amazon show, uh, okay. which is like basically in-season hard knocks. And they did 2019 Philadelphia. So Wentz's second to last year there. Very good year for him. And he was pretty freaking good that year. But he had these games and these moments where he's god-awful and he just can't hit layups. And, like, that's going to happen this year. And just accepting that as part of the equation is really hard for people. It's like, ah, he's so much better. And it's like, no, if he was consistently his best, he'd be in conversation for MVP every year, which is why when he struck it together in 17, he was. But he's that's not who he is. He is inconsistent. He's almost 30 years old. That's part of the equation. And we need to just accept that fact. Um, hope for the best. I'm not, that's not me rooting against him in some way. It's just accepting the reality as like a pundit saying he's going to be up and down. And so like this idea that people are being super negative for saying that he is what he is. Like that's not negative. That's real. Yeah, but Craig, when we evaluate Carson Wentz, I think – with anybody, right? We got to eliminate the outlier seasons. And when I look at 2020, which is the offseason that they drafted Jalen Hurts, and then uh-huh. I look at his rookie campaign, say you take those two seasons out of his body of work, which is like impossible and not real and something we can't do. <laughs> right. But if you do that, statistically speaking, this is a guy that's never thrown double digit interceptions, averaging somewhere between 20 and 25 touchdowns a year. That's good football. By for, for any starting quarterback in this league, especially based off of what we've been accustomed to here in Washington from that position. Well, yeah, but like, is it championship standard? We don't know. It wasn't, I mean, look, it hasn't I, been. All that has, I mean, I don't think he is somebody that is going to elevate the guys around him. And I think that's a, a key caveat when talking about him. I look at him as a top 12 to 14 quarterback right now. I do, do I think he's got some special physical traits? Yes. But like you mentioned, the consistency is something that's bothered me, and I don't see him being able to lift his teammates up on a consistent basis, and that's really the gripe that Jim Ursay ultimately had with him at the end of his time in Indy. Well, it was that and the inconsistency. And, like, uh, Zach Kiefer in The Athletic wrote an amazing piece today on Matt Ryan in terms of the detail and, like, basically the the opening anecdote is at an OTA practice in the spring. Like, Ryan started the practice over, and, like, people were just, like, going through the motions, and he was like, bleep this, like, back to play one like you have to be here like the level of demand and and like basically uh some of the other offensive players are like we are so much more organized this year with Matt than we were last year which obviously they're not saying as a shot at Carson they're saying as a compliment to Matt but the realistic other side of that coin is that's a reflection on Wentz and it's the same coaches it's the same everything else the one piece that's really changed is the quarterback now do you need to be a tyrant in an OTA practice to be great no, but the fact that they notice, I think, matters. And the consistency shows up. Is like Kiefer wrote about how consistent Ryan was in OTAs. Not to say that he's great. Not to say that he makes like these outstanding plays all the time. But they know what to expect from him. And there's a value in that in coaching of knowing, if I call this play, I'm going to get this result, which means that I can plan for the next one. Wide levels of variance don't go well in the NFL, especially the quarterback position. And that's what Carson Wentz is. Five days away. From figuring it out for real, we'll see if Mr. Inconsistency can become consistent. Our friend over at ESPN, Sal Palantonio, definitely thinks he can do that. I think he can do that. Stick I think around three to six to figure out if Craig Hoffman thinks he can do that. That's going to do it. it away. I guess people don't have to listen now. <laughs> the first inaugural episode of Burgundy and Gold today. Doc Walker will be with you tomorrow from noon to three. Right now, though, taking you on your drive home, the Hoffman, Craig Hoffman, is next. 
Take a bullet with some grip and take the smoke on the jet. Out of town, put it down for the father of rap. And if you happen to get cracked, trick shut your trap. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.